Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. We got a doubleheader on our hands once again. Game one, it's the Guardians four, the White Sox one. Game two, it's the Guardians nothing, the White Sox seven. So we split the doubleheader with the Chicago White Sox. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. Game one, very enjoyable. Game two, kind of a giant pile of crap. I mean, it really was. Game two was a really rough game for the Guardians. The offense just felt like the stadium felt like it had no life, no energy for those first few innings. Pilkington is giving up runs in the fr- in, in every frame. It's just it's really rough. They score in the first three innings of the game and then add three more in the ninth, some insurance to their four nothing lead. And yeah, it just kind of defl- it was a deflating game too. So we'll get into it. We'll deal with it. The Guardians actually had their chances in game two to maybe get back into that thing and couldn't deliver. Game one. They definitely delivered. They delivered one heck of a baseball game in game one. They had some fun rallies. Shane Bieber was absolutely fantastic. And this is the top storyline of the game. He pitches an almost Maddox, an almost Greg Maddox. Now, apparently, this is a, I, I've just kind of heard this this year, I feel like. A Maddox is when you pitch a complete game shutout and you're under 100 pitches. That's how efficient that guy was back in the 90s. They literally named that after him. And so he almost has the shutout here. He goes nine innings, the complete game, the first complete game of uh, the season for the Guardians. Nine innings, three hits, one earned run, no walks, seven strikeouts on 95 pitches. He's only hard hit four times on 95 pitches. That's pretty incredible right there. Uh, that might be the most incredible thing. I mean, we never see that few hard-hit balls off of a starting pitcher. That might be one of the most incredible things about the start right here. So how is Shane Bieber doing it? How did he dominate the White Sox? Well, he always dominates the White Sox. That's one thing. He's fantastic throughout his career. I, honest to God, would tell you how great he is with that throughout his career, but baseball reference does not want to load Shane Bieber's career splits. It will not load that page. I don't know why. So blame baseball reference this morning for that. I don't have the actual numbers for you. Uh, But let's talk about this game. What was working in this game for him? And uh, going to the player breakdown, man, it was the slider. The slider was really good on the day for Shane Bieber. They were chasing it. Seven whiffs on 21 swings, a 33% whiff rate. Add in five called strikes. It's a 34% CSW on that pitch. And then the four-seam fastball. He was getting a lot of called strikes on his fastballs. He had 10 called strikes on his four-seam fastball. No whiffs. They didn't whiff on it, but they did foul it off a bunch. But 10 called strikes on that four-seam fastball is good for a 42% CSW on that pitch. The knuckle curve, he is being selective with the knuckle curve, right? The slider is definitely the workhorse. In fact, he throws the slider the most of any pitch on the day, 35 times. The knuckle curve he's much more selective with, but it was effective. He only throws it 11 times, but he gets three whiffs on it. He gets two called strikes. It's good for a 45% CSW on that pitch. And then I want to make note of the cutter because he was a four-pitch pitcher. It was slider, forcing fastball, knuckle curve, changeup. And uh, he only threw the changeup once, 
but he was throwing the cutter a lot more on the day. And it's something that I heard Austin Hedges. I love these uh, day games because I can leave the post game show on. I can hear some of these interviews. And uh, Hedges has said something It's that they've been adding to his arsenal. Uh, he started throwing the cutter. I guess he's been throwing it a lot. He's been throwing it for three seasons. Uh, but it uh, it's something that he can use. It's another look off of the slider that he can use. And uh, he can really do some interesting things with it. He only threw it 50 times last season. He's already up to 120 times this season with the cutter. So it's something that he's mixing in a little bit more. Um, but it kind of keeps it. It's a different look off the slider. It's sharper break, right? And uh, it's just another thing for hitters to deal with. He can jam it up and in to uh, to lefties, and then he can let it drop a little bit low in the zone against righties to look like a nice, tight, uh, inside-breaking pitch. So the cutter is something that you're going to see Bieber mixing in more and more. And we got some good insight from Austin Hedges in the postgame show on how exactly he's using that pitch. But yeah, so uh, it's a total CSW on the day of 37%. That's pretty elite. I mean, we always say 40% is the line for like an elite, elite start. And I'd say 37% is pretty darn, it's pretty good. It's pretty darn good. Now let's look at where he's locating these pitches. Where were they coming in at? And, uh, man, he was really, he was attacking the zone with the slider. He was being aggressive with it. And then when he needed to get that strikeout, he was letting it fall out the bottom of the zone. But there are a lot of sliders pounding the strike zone. There are a lot of cutters and forcing fastballs pounding the strike zone. Even the curveball pounding the arm side of the strike zone with the curveball. In fact, there are more curveballs in the strike zone than there are at the bottom of the strike zone, out the bottom of the strike zone. So being really, really aggressive on the day. And how did that work out? Well, it's very interesting because the three hits he gives up are all sliders that are middle of the plate to the glove side of the plate for the right-handed pitcher. All three hits, Eloy Jimenez, Andrew Vaughn, and Jose Abreu, all three singles are from sliders that are middle of the plate. And then all the strikeouts are from off-speed pitches down and away, down to his glove side, the sliders down and away, one cutter down and away to Tim Anderson, and then three knuckle curves down way below at the shins, I mean buried knuckle curves that they swung over. So that's interesting there. The slider really was the storyline of the day. When he was hitting his spot with it, he was, he was excellent. The one inning where he can't hit his spot with it, uh, the seventh inning is when they finally score these runs. So uh, in fact, in fact, he sets himself up in that seventh inning for failure because he hits a guy. He hits, uh, who did he hit on the day? Uh, who came in and scored that run? Andrew Vaughn. Uh, they're, they're DH on the day. He hits him on the elbow, and that sets up that inning. He gives up the back-to-back singles then, uh, both at Jose Ramirez. One's kind of an infield single. One just gets past him in the left field. Very close plays. I mean, very close plays. Eventually, it's a double play that gets him out of that inning, and uh, that happened uh, twice on the day that the Guardians were able to turn a double play and get him out of an inning. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting that the slider played such a role in Shane Bieber's start. 
So absolutely fantastic stuff from Bieber. Uh, moving over to the offense in game one. Uh, man, when your starter is that electric on the day, when he's pitching that well, it really does help energize an offense. And this offense, the storyline for the Guardians offense, the storyline was really the bottom of the order, turning things over for the top of the order to then drive them in. That's a really good combination. Both Austin Hedges and Miles Straw score on the day. You're eight and nine hitters. And it's the top of the lineup. It's Rosario and uh, Jose Ramirez who's driving them in. They have all four RBIs split between them. So that's really a really good combination offensively when the bottom of the order is setting the table for the top of the order. You're going to have a lot of success that way. It's actually interesting. The middle of the lineup doesn't have much of an impact on this game. It really is eight through three in the lineup. So it's actually interesting. They have some bad luck to start the game. Once again, Stephen Kwan with a leadoff hit, he's going to end up into a double play. This time, it's not Ahmed Rosario grounding into a double play. This time, I believe he just flies out. So, I mean, Quan has to lead the league in getting a hit to lead off a game and then winding up in the front half or uh, or in a double play situation. And this time, it's Jose Ramirez who hits a line drive, but right at second base, 99.8 miles per hour, right at the second baseman. And there's nothing Quan can do. His secondary lead, he's just hanging out there in the base path. And he's doubled up off first. So they turn a double play in the first inning. Then Andres Jimenez would hit into a double play. Another unlucky double play in the second inning after Fermil Reyes singles. He hits one back off the pitcher Martin. And ricochets off his shoulder. And then Fermil Reyes has to hold the bag. Because he thinks it's a line drive that's going to get caught. I I can't blame him for that. So they make the out at first on Jimenez. And Reyes is tagged out going into second. So uh, some very unlucky double plays. Uh, speaking of unlucky, Nolan Jones actually cranked a few balls on the day. Uh, he had some deep flyouts that unfortunately, he hits one 103.3 mile per hour exit velocity, 750 expected batting average in the second inning, just a flyout. Then his uh, next time, uh, in the sixth inning, not his next time up, in the sixth inning, he hits one 102.2 mile per hour exit velocity, 810 expected batting average, another flyout. So some of the guys in the middle of the lineup were dealing with a little bit of bad luck. But the third inning is when they really get things rolling. So Austin Hedges with a one-out single. Uh, after a mile straw flyout, Stephen Kwan would single, puts runners on first and second. Actually, that Hedges, here's the interesting thing about the third inning. It was the White Sox bad defense. The bad defense from the White Sox. The White Sox had some fantastic defensive plays on the day, especially Harrison at second base. My God, that guy nabbed. uh, He got Austin Hedges twice on some absolutely fantastic plays by Josh Harrison. He really is fun at second base. And uh, Hedges in the postgame thinks that I I think I have to work on some sprints, some sprint drills. Uh, You know, can't take anything away from Harrison making those plays. He's just got to book it down the line a little faster. But he is able to single here in the third inning, Quan singles. Uh, so the Austin Hedges single, uh, Mancata at third base, just kind of puts a lazy attempt at the ball, kind of stabs at the ball to his left. He sits back on the ball a little bit, and it goes out into left field for a single. So it's not an error per se, 
but it's a bad defensive play for Moncada at third base, something he definitely should come up with. After Quan singles, Rosario comes up. He kind of bloops one into left field. He's jammed. He's jammed on a fastball inside, and he kind of bloops one into left field. It only had an expected batting average of 280. But Aloy Jimenez out there kind of circles behind the ball, doesn't take a very aggressive route to the ball, and it drops in front of him for an RBI hit. Rosario goes up to second. Uh, Quan makes it all the way to third. Hedges comes in to score the first run of the game. And then Jose Ramirez absolutely blasts a single through the right side at 106.4 miles per hour. And that brings in both runners to score, uh, brings in Quan and Rosario to score. So that's a really, really nice rally there in the third inning. Then they would add an insurance run um, in the... Uh, in the fifth inning, and once again, it's Ahmed Rosario finding himself in an RBI situation. Straw would walk. The ninth hitter in the lineup would walk after Quan would pop out. Now with two outs. Again with two outs. Every RBI in the day came with two outs. Uh, This time, Ahmed Rosario just gets a first pitch fastball right down the pipe. I mean, right down the pipe. And he shoots it out into the gap in right center field. 104.3 mile per hour exit velocity. Uh, He rockets this thing into the gap, and Straw comes all the way around from first to score. Remember, we were joking yesterday that Andres Jimenez kind of ran out of steam as he was coming around third to home. Uh, Not Straw. There's a big difference between your infielders and your outfielders. Your infielders are sprinters. Your outfielders are a little bit distance runners, at least as far as baseball is concerned. And uh, Straw had no problem scoring from first. He flew around the bases. So a big insurance run there in the fifth inning for this Guardians offense. And you know what? I thought it was interesting that most of the things they hit off Martin, off of Davis Martin, most of the things they hit, if you take away uh, Ahmed Rosario, both of his doubles come off fastballs. Uh, Andres Jimenez did have a hit off of a four-seam fastball. But most of the singles were off the off-speed stuff. And I noticed this early in the game. Quan's hit in the first inning was off a changeup. Uh, both of his hits were off changeups. Uh, Austin Hedges got his hit off a slider uh, on an 0-2 count, a slider that stayed middle of the plate. Uh, away, but middle of the plate. Uh, Fermil Reyes got his hit off a slider. And Jose Ramirez got his big RBI single, his two RBI single off of a changeup down in the zone. And I remember in this at bat, he let a fastball go by. And then he sat on this changeup and rocketed it into right field. So the off-speed stuff, they were definitely sitting on the off-speed stuff for Martin on the day. And uh, they made him pay. They hammered him pretty good on the day. I mean, he only lasts, he lasts six innings, but he gives up eight hits. He gives up four runs. He only records two walks, three strikeouts. He's hard hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times uh, for the White Sox. So Guardians offense really rolling. Only other note from this game one, uh, Owen Miller, Owen Miller is really bad defensively at first base. Like it, it's borderline. It, it's borderline to the point where I'm done with it. I'm just, I'm absolutely done with it. He can't be playing first base anymore. Uh, he like kind of stabs at a ball. Uh, you know, say what you will about Bobby Bradley's offense, and I look just to see if I could say anything this morning. And no, he is really struggling down at AAA still, uh, hitting below 200. But he was fantastic at first base. That stretch and the splits and going out because he'd go out and get the ball. 
At first base, you can't wait for the ball to come to you. You've got to go out and get it. And the other thing you can't do is go out and get it before that throw actually comes. So you stay tight. You stay compact. You wait till that throw comes, and then you expand and go get that ball. Owen Miller doesn't do that. He sits and waits, kind of like a second baseman would sit and wait for the turn at second base to turn a double play. Maybe like he's been playing second base his whole career. So he's still got a lot to learn at first base if it, this is going to work at all. But frankly, I don't think it's going to work. I, I mean, my God, if we were in a playoff series and Naylor wasn't the first baseman and Owen Miller was in there at first base, I would be very, very disappointed in Francona because he's not putting us in a position to win. That's not our strongest lineup with Owen Miller at first base. He's got to figure out the footwork. It's it's all about the footwork uh, over there at first base. So I think that was my last note on this game. Uh, game one, a really fun, efficient game, like barely two hours. Uh, it was a really, really good game. Uh, Shane Bieber, I mean, we could say he's fantastic over and over again. You heard the numbers. It was just such a great ace start. It's been a while since we saw the ace Shane Bieber come out. The velocity still wasn't really there on the fastball. He did get it up. At one point, he hit 93 miles per hour with the fastball, but he was averaging 91 with it. But like we said, being aggressive, locating, mixing in that cutter definitely helped on the day. So we'll see how much that cutter is effective for him moving forward. Now, game two... Game two is a hot load of garbage. I mean, it just really is. They score in the first three innings, and and they're just hitting big home runs. Most of their runs come on home runs on the day. Jose Abreu with a two-run home run in that first inning. Uh, really, uh, with two outs, by the way, uh, jumps all over it and puts them up to nothing. Then Josh Harrison gets a solo home run in that second inning. In the third inning, they'd have a little bit more of a rally. They actually score on an error. They score on an error. Now, he does not set them up for success in the second game. Now, I get it. In the second game, you're going to rest some guys, but he flips around the entire infield. It's a completely different infield. Normally, Ernie Clement has been pretty solid at third base defensively, but he does make an error in this one that lets a run come in to score in this third inning. Uh, and then they go ahead and uh, add three runs in that ninth inning off of Brian Shaw, uh, who people on Guardians Twitter are done with Brian Shaw. Let me tell you that. Uh, he puts up, uh, Luis Robert puts up a three-run homer off of him. It only had an expected batting average of 0-9-0. This thing must have just, it did. It just made it out in the right field corner. It hit off the railings at the top of the wall. It only went 322, but those corners do turn in just a little bit at Progressive Field in the very corner of the stadium. So that's all he needed was 322 feet to make it out. I mean, that's an out in most situations, uh, but not in Progressive Field, I guess. Uh, So a three-run home run makes it a no-doubt-about-it game uh, for the White Sox. So Pilkington, not very good on the day. He lasts five innings. He gets hard hit. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times on 90 pitches. He gives up six hits, four runs, three earned, a walk, and only three strikeouts. So, yeah, it is not a good day for Connor Pilkington. Uh, It hasn't been very good for him in his last few starts. I mean, going back to June, his game logs are pretty bad. 
going back to June 9th, he gave up four. And you know, these aren't even the earned runs. These are just the runs total because he's given up a lot of unearned runs. Um, so he's given up four runs on the 9th, four runs on the 15th, four runs on the 28th, three runs on July 4th, and then four runs here on July 12th. So this guy has been given up a lot. And it's no coincidence his ERA is 4.24 because he gives up four runs every time he goes out there. Uh, so it just has not worked. It was working all right a little bit at the beginning of the season. Pitching and relief was working for him, and that might ultimately be the role he finds himself in. It's a hard jump to go from AAA up to the majors. It's a very difficult, it's the hardest jump of any level, right? He's 24 years old. He's still got a lot of time to figure things out, but he's getting absolutely hammered this season. Now, will he figure it out? Dylan Cease is the perfect example going against him because Cease got hammered a little bit in his early seasons, and now he's one of the best starters for the White Sox. He dominated this Guardians lineup to start this game. He goes five and two-thirds, gives up five hits. He's only hard hit once, one time on 106 pitches. He's hard hit once. No runs, three walks, nine strikeouts for Dylan Cease. Now, he doesn't last that long in the game because this is a guy that will go after the strikeout every time, which means he's throwing a lot of pitches. And uh, the Guardians offense do have their chances to score. They do. They find themselves in a few situations where they load the bases. In the sixth inning, they load the bases, what eventually knocks him out of the game. Jose Ramirez leads off the inning with a double. Uh, He eventually moves over to third on a wild pitch, and then they can't bring him in. Josh Naylor grounds out to the infield. Vermeil Reyes strikes out. It's unbelievable. I mean, with with a runner on third and nobody out and your best RBI guys up, you would think that you'd be able to get him in somehow. Owen Miller draws a two-out walk. All right, Alex Call gets on base for the first time in his career. He draws a two-out walk that loads the bases and knocks uh, Dylan Cease out of the game. And then Luke Maley strikes out, I believe, on three pitches. I believe he's gunned down in three pitches. That just can't happen. Ah, you finally have a chance. I mean, even if they score one or two runs in this inning, I mean, a 4-2 game, you are in the game, right? The energy is back in the stadium. The crowd is back into it. The crowd tried to get into it for this sixth inning rally and the eighth inning rally, and the offense just couldn't come through. In the eighth inning, they have their chance again. This time, two guys on, nobody out. Josh Naylor with a single. Fermil Reyes draws a walk. Owen Miller would strike out behind him. Nolan Jones gets a chance to pitch hit for call here. He would strike out. Ernie Clem- uh, Ahmed Rosario would single, but it couldn't bring the run in. And then Ernie Clement would line out with the bases loaded. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, at least it wasn't a strikeout. He would line out with the bases loaded. And those were the two chances. That was it. That was the only two chances for the Guardians to score on the day. It was going to be there or it was going to be nothing. I take that back. In the third inning, they had back-to-back singles from uh, Clement and Quan, and they couldn't do anything with it. So they really did have their chances in this game. In fact, not many innings did they go one, two, three, but they just could not get it going. They just could not get the big hit. In this second game, they go, what do they do with runners in scoring position? One for nine with runners in scoring position, and the one hit didn't actually bring in any runs. It just moved everybody up a base. So, Pretty rough day offensively for your Cleveland Guardians in that second game. Like I said, Cease was fantastic. Now, 
And the last time we faced Dylan Cease on the season, we actually beat him up pretty good. We beat him back in April. He went five and a third innings in that one. He gave up eight hits, four earned runs in that one, only three strikeouts. Now, what was the difference between Dylan Cease when we beat him up in April and Dylan Cease when he dominated us here in in, uh, July? Well, it was the slider. Holy cow, the slider. Are you ready for these CSW numbers? Now, back in April... It was an all-right CSW. He had eight whiffs on 22 swings, 36% whiff rate. Add in four called strikes, it's a 33% CSW on his slider, which he threw the most on the day. Now, you go to this start yesterday. He threw the slider the most. On 28 swings, we whiffed 19 times. 19 whiffs on the slider. It's a 68% whiff rate on that pitch. Add in six called strikes, it's a 44% CSW on his slider. Holy crap. And if you look at the illustrator, he was burying it, absolutely burying it to his glove side. We chased so bad on the day. Uh, In fact, let me look at just the swinging strikes here. And uh, it's, (laughs) we were chasing one slider was up above the shoulders that Andres Jimenez chased on a 1-1 count. Everything else is at the knees or below. I mean, it's unbelievable how many times we went out of the strike zone chasing Dylan Cease's slider. So that's on us. That's on us for expanding the zone really, really bad on the day and chasing this slider down. Uh, That is un-freaking-believable. And that's something that definitely didn't happen in in that first game when we beat him up. There were a lot more sliders up. There were a lot more sliders in the zone not as many sliders down and away. Of course, there's always going to be some sliders down and away. That's the point of the pitch, but not like this. I mean, this, what he did yesterday was absolutely ridiculous. And the fact that we kept chasing, that's on us. That's on us for having a really bad approach at the plate in that game. Uh, so yeah, it does not go our way. Pilkington, I I get why they start him in these double headers, because it's an easy move. You've already used the option on them. You've actually burned through a lot of AAA pitchers. So the guys now in AAA probably would have to get added to the 40-man roster if they were going to get called up for a spot start like this. Actually, I don't know. With the double header, you might be able to make that move without adding them to the 40-man roster because of the double header rules of being able to add a player. You might be able to get away with that from a front office standpoint of view. But yeah, the next double header we come across, we have got to give somebody besides Pilkington a chance because it's just he's getting hammered and it's not good it doesn't set the team up for success it was deflating it was deflating that two-run home run in that first inning I'm telling you it was deflating for this offense they don't really find their mojo until that sixth inning when they think they have a chance to score so that's all my thoughts on this one game two sucked game one fantastic I'll take more of those please MVP on the day it has to go to Shane Bieber. Absolutely, uh, you know, best start of the season by a Guardians pitcher. Almost gets the Maddox. Does give up the one run. He has no one to blame but himself. He hit that guy in the elbow. Uh, but the seven strikeouts, Shane Bieber, absolutely fantastic. And MVP on the day, for sure. Even I mean, for a starter, that's hard to do across a doubleheader. But absolutely the best player in a Guardians uniform yesterday. Uh, so, yeah. That's all my thoughts on this one. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Again, the final from Progressive Field. Game 1, Guardians 4, White Sox 1. 
game two, White Sox seven, Guardians nothing. We will be, you can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. We'll be back. We got another night game, surprisingly. Usually the getaway day is a day game, but we're going with a night game, and it's Giolito against Savali. So Giolito's change up. Get ready for some more strikeouts. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at Mornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game. Let me know your thoughts on Shane Bieber finally finding ace form. We'll discuss it on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. <laughs>